Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here today. And special thanks to you for returning to us. And welcome for the first timers out there. Uh, I'm glad you're here. And I hope you get to hear something that will help you get a little bit better. And I think today could be that day because uh, I have a great, great conversation with Coach Adam Posey from Eastern Mennonite University. Coach Posey uh, is only his second year uh, at Eastern Mennonite, but doing a ton, a ton of things. Uh, he was a player at Eastern Mennonite, served on the staff since 2014, uh, was the first full-time assistant in, its, in the program, um, and uh, they're just doing some amazing things from hiring a player development guy um, to all the things that they're doing within their staff from their huge developmental focus, uh, all of the technology that they're having in their uh, staffs that are committed to even becoming strength coaches on their own, uh, coaches that are taking the time to become uh, on-base U certified, which means for those people who don't know what that is, on-base U is about um, mobility and trying to find um, the best ways for athletes to move and finding deficiencies in that. So like these coaches are taking upon themselves to do those kind of trainings that um, aren't cheap, for one, and uh, just taking upon themselves because they feel that's what's best for their athletes. So but uh, Coach Posey, we just have a great conversation um, and to talk about developments and all of the great, great things they're doing at Eastern Mennonite. Um, like I said, from their individual development plans to the processes that they're taking to not only try to compete for championships, but also to graduate as well as to give back to the community. Three huge pillars of their program, which are telltale sign of this. It's, it's more than baseball, and we're going to get really good at this. And we're going to make you better people, which along the lines are going to make you better baseball players. And so, uh, Coach Weather just does some great, great stuff. We have a great conversation. Uh, guy really talking my language, and um, and uh, you know, it's it's really happy to have a guy here for episode thirty, um, thirty weeks doing this, and that's been a lot of fun. And met and got to talk to some really great people, um, just like Coach Posey. So, Coach Posey, can't thank you enough for the time. And um, you know, Eastern Mennonites doing some really great things. Hope you guys enjoy it, and. Uh, here he is, Coach Adam Posey, Eastern Mennonite University. Pretty much a one-week acclimation period with uh, with the training staff, stuff like that, getting everybody through, making sure kind of they were learning the protocols on campus. And then we went to a uh, – I mean, we started small group stuff. Uh, maybe this – we're actually going into our fourth week this upcoming week. So it's it's been good. I keep – I mean, I've told everybody, like, we haven't missed out on – too much that we would have done in the past. And with division three, I don't know if anybody's touched on this. They actually changed. It went from having 16 weeks um, throughout the year to now they give us 114 days that we can kind of play around with. Um, so we're actually, it equals out to 20 some or 30 some more days that we can have with our, our players. Um, so we've been kind of taking advantage of that going four times a week. Um, and then we'll drop down to three times a week next week. So we're going to get 31 practices in compared to, 16 that we would have in the past which is wow. I mean it's 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 given us like a really really nice kind of on-ramp time for our pitchers for our hitters like they're not having to come out and see live pitching right away we can slowly progress them like our so our pitchers just through breaking balls um on Rapsodo started working on off speed stuff and our hitters are now just starting to progress to see and spin too so it's kind of all converging to where we'll we'll have uh, inner squad stuff going on a little bit later. Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been good so far. Assuming your fall definitely looks a little different now than like you said, just at least, uh, not getting thrown to the fire so much with your hitters and things like that. So, um, you know, have you, uh, what had, like, have you had different goals for the fall now or how are you approaching the fall besides the on-ramp time? Are you looking, they have different, I guess, the different goals in mind you put in different work or, How's it going to yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's something I talked about with our AD too, because like the, like, obviously if a kid comes to us and says, you know, Hey, I don't feel good. 
well, I don't want them feeling like they're competing for a spot today and they've yeah. got to be out there inside having symptoms or whatever. So we've approached it that it's like this, the next, I mean, the six weeks, seven weeks that we're using are totally based on development. Obviously as coaches in our mind, we start to get an idea of who we've got and what we've got. But we're also at a point where we return our entire starting lineup and most of our pitching staff. So we're in a good kind of veteran place where we don't have to feel like everybody's it's just competing their butts off. Like we can really just we've broken it down to a way more individual level, built out these individual development plans and said, like, hey, we're going to just focus on how do we make you better with these seven weeks that we've got. And then when we go into the winter break, send you home with a really good plan in place because we've, you know, we've assessed you properly. We've gotten baselines on everything. So you've got a, a great plan in place going into the winter months. And then when you show up in the spring, that's your compete time. And that's, hey, let's get ready to roll because we got to go play somebody. Um, so, yeah, it's changed. I mean, we've done a lot more small group work than we've ever done in the past. Um, it's made longer days for us as coaches, but I've got a really good coaching staff in place that they – they don't mind being out there all the time working with guys and, and um, getting working with them. So it's, we've, yeah, we've definitely changed it. I think you've had, we've had to change it from just that compete right now mode uh, mm -hmm. to, um, and that's still like, so one of the three things we try and accomplish every day of practice is to compete. And so we can still find ways to compete within practice, but it's not necessarily like, Hey man, if you, uh, if you got a sore throat today, you know, you still got to get your butt out there. It's like, no, let's be smart about this and um, kind of work through all the stuff that is going on outside of the baseball field too. You know, lots of things, a lot of things packed in there, man. Uh, we can roll into uh, like, I guess for what my, and one of my questions I'm thinking is like, so you typically don't even, are you not making cuts in the fall or use that? Is that a pretty quick, quick kind of period for to see any walk-ons you have on and making cuts then is that kind of still the same? And then you're just kind of, you already know your guys, like there's nothing else that you need to kind of see through. Right. Yeah. So we, we give uh, walk on guys maybe about a week um, okay. after that, especially, especially with how like intensive we've been um, with our practice days, we can see everything we need to see in a week. Um, and then any other walk on guys, maybe we let it play out for the rest of the fall. Yeah. Um, or maybe we just tell them, Hey, we've seen enough. Um, that you're in a good shape, like we want to keep you around. Okay, so that's so kind of helped. Okay, so your roster is kind of set then. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. If you were going yeah. to wait for the, to set the roster, or are you just – you guys are good? Yeah. Yeah, we're set now. Yeah, so we did make our first cuts after – it was really like six practices. We made our first cut um, and then kind of worked from there and said, all right, this is what we're going with moving forward. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So cool. Uh, I, 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 individual development plan is my, like my language, like wheelhouse, man. Like we can roll into that. And then I love the th things about the three things that you're going to talk about in practice. So definitely want to get into those two, man. So like whichever one you want to roll into first, man, like let's just, let's just rock. Like those are, those are my money, man. I'm, I'm with you. So like yeah. wherever you want to go, buddy. Yeah. So we, I mean, this year is the first year we have this position where we've got a director of player development, which is nice. unique for us at the division three level, you don't see a ton of them at this level, but we've had a, um, a, a young man that graduated this past year and, and he lost his senior year to the to COVID stuff, but said, you know, this is what I want to get into. I'd love to do it on a volunteer basis. So for me as a, as a head coach now, I, I wanted to find a way for him to create value and not just staying around and practice and watch drills or hit a fungo. And so we kind of gave him that title player director of player development. And so he's responsible for working with, my pitching coach, um, infield coach, myself with the outfielders, and then our offensive guy. Um, and so we take our guys through um, baseline testing when they first get here. So pitchers and hitters both go through assessments. Our hitters go through the on-base U kind of mobility assessment. Um, we get all these, all these um, kind of measurables on them. And then uh, as we go throughout the fall, we continue to test them, look back and, and kind of formulate a plan on, Hey, this is where we see you at right now. Let's go throughout the fall. Let's make these corrections, whether it's on the, maybe they don't move super well. Uh, maybe from their arm action, we've got to try and clean some things up. Uh, and then at the end of the fall, we'll put it all on paper with our director of player development um, and kind of a template for our pitchers, for our hitters. Um, and then roll, they'll roll into the winter with a very clear idea of, all right, this is what 
my blast numbers look like. This is what my rep soto look, numbers look like in comparison to the rest of the team. You know, this is where I need to get to. And here's my strength and conditioning plan, my throwing program, my offensive plan, whatever that might look like. So um, I would say like the coolest thing this past week. So we got all the baseline numbers um, this past week. We've got a we've got a senior on our team that has really bought into it. And he told me, he's like, you know, I saw him hitting down in the cage by himself. And he's like, my, you know, hey, my, I, I just figured it out. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, uh, you know, I was I, I felt like something was off in my swing all week. He's like, I had an idea. Like, I thought maybe this might be the thing that was wrong. And he's like, I just went down to the cage with my blast sensor, compared it to my baseline numbers, and I was exactly right. So, like, he self-diagnosed, didn't need us to be down there with him. And so it starts to play out where you see, like, those guys using the resources available to them and, and really taking ownership of their own development. And that's that's kind of where – I mean, that's how we kind of try to approach that, that individual development is, like, look, you're – you're the bowling ball. We're the guardrails, man. We're going to keep you from going into the gutter. We're going to keep you on track. Um, and when you need our help, we're, we're here for it, but we want you to take some ownership of your own career because we're done playing. You know, that's something Jimmy Jackson says all the time. Like, Be your own coach. If I, if I got to kick you in the butt and hold your hand, you're probably not going to be very good. So you got to take some ownership of it yourself and be invested. Absolutely. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like how Jimmy talks about be your best coach, you know, like you got to be your best coach and that like, I think that shows also like uh, it's the highest form of teaching, you know, teaching at the highest form is really facilitating. Um, and that's what it sounds exactly what you're doing. And um, you know, it does take sometimes a little mature kid, like a senior that would they get that, but that's phenomenal. So like, so you have blast to measure swing stuff, right? So do you have re- yep. hitting and pitching rep soto? You have both of those? Got both rap sodas, yeah. So you're doing some of the metrics for each of hitting the swing metrics as well as maybe some ball flight stuff with rap soda then. Right. Yeah. So um, this year, so we've got maybe five or six team blast sensors, but then we bought everybody their own account. So we took care of that. Uh, Guys wanted to buy their own. They could get a couple extras, but we've got them for them. And then we've got the hitting and pitching rap soda units um, along with like, any of your AXPAT trainers, um, yeah, anything that we, we think or they think can help them, we've got, we fundraise, and, and so we've got access to the funds to kind of give them the resources. So we've, you know, we've tried to equip it, you know, like one of the com- competitive advantages that we look at, like EMU can be a unique place to recruit to, but we feel like with the younger coaching staff, like we can get really aggressive with player development and technology and resources available to our guys. So it's like when we're going through the process, if they say, like, hey, player development's really important to me, well, that's like a, a freaking light bulb goes off in our head, and we tell them, like, well, this is where you want to be then, man. We've got it all. So, yeah, we've got a couple of things available to them. Yeah, that's great. And how well does – like, how like how well are you able to, like, uh, mix in, like, your strength coach and what you're doing in the weight room? Yeah, so we all um, – well, I say we all – myself um my my hitting coach and then our player development guy um have all been working on our strength certifications so now we that's just another thing that we can add into it to where we're with our players and we can feel like we feel like we're able to combine it with with the baseball piece a lot more um now that we have that background base of saying all right here's what the strength conditioning and the nutrition piece looks like here's what their sleep needs to look like Here's what we're doing from a development standpoint on the baseball field. Let's find a way to create this comprehensive plan and kind of put them all together so they're, they're working with each other. I think, like, we had a dedicated strength coach in the past, and he had to retire, um, and he was good, but sometimes it, you have a hard time kind of merging those two um, and blurring the lines between the two. So we've, um, we've kind of taken it into our own hands um, and said, all right, well, let's, let's build up this knowledge for ourselves. That way we can create a program. We know these guys super, super well. We know what their deficiencies are, what their strengths are in the weight room. Um, and let's let's really take this thing on and try and build these out for them. Absolutely. That's awesome. How, uh, so are, are you guys, you guys are on base, you certified too, like to put that? Hitting, yeah, our hitting coach is, Coach Miller is, um, he went down last year, um, went down to Florida and, and got certified um with with on base you and has loved it i mean he was showing me kind of going over some of the stuff he was doing with them um tpi certified as well so he's 
I mean, he's got a pretty good background in what he's doing. So our guys are, our guys, I mean, I think we try and recruit it, but once we get them, we want them to be good movers. You know, we want them to move well through their body. I think that's a, that's a major piece of success at our level. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, it, de- it definitely is for sure. And even just re- even with the strength piece and the recovery piece, those kind of things and the, the, the daily grind of a college baseball player, you know, yeah. but, um, not for sure. Now there's, there's a couple guys, man. Like, like it's just, it's just part of it. You know, like there's a, there's a guy, um, Oh man, Matt Swope. I had, I had been talking to Matt Swope from Maryland and uh, you talked yeah. to, she, talk to Sheehan from Millersville. Uh, both those guys talked about those things. And I think you, I think one of the biggest things I've taken away and I think um, I want to say, I forget who, who, who just brought it up in, in one of the last uh, ones we talked about was just how one of them, says that i mean they're they're digging this rabbit hole of like they're starting to see like doing exactly what you're doing and then finding out okay we got this guy to be more mobile and now he's now his numbers went down you know so maybe he (laughs) needed maybe he needed that little bit of tightness so a lot sometimes the deficiency in a movement is not necessarily you know a bad thing you know like doesn't mean that it's a it's not that means that it's going to be efficient you know and sometimes it just tailors it to what it's, so it's, it's just, it's just funny, but I think what you're doing is just phenomenal stuff, man. And, and, uh, you know, you're only trying to help guys and, and, uh, it's, that's, that's, that's phenomenal stuff, man. It's great stuff. Yeah. So how- that, that was, that was one of the tricky things that we had to work through. Uh, like when I was a pitching coach, before we had some more of this knowledge, I remember having a conversation with Jimmy and he was talking about Colin Harlow who got, uh, picked up by the Rockies. He was like, you know, Colton's like 150 pounds and super loose and lanky. And so like to have him throwing around tons of plyo balls or, or doing tons of J bands, like, you know, yeah, he probably needs to be a little more wound up than maybe some other guys. He's like already loose enough. So uh, that's why I say like our coaching staff, man, they're, they're really, really bright dudes and, and they understand the, the push and the pull of, of kind of the all facets of it, which has been awesome because it's let me take a step back and kind of focus on some other things too. Yeah, so I mean, you've been there. I guess uh, let's see, six. You've been there six years as an assistant coach, right? And is yeah, this your yeah. fourth? This is your fourth year as head coach. Second year, yeah, yeah. Second this will be coach. second. Yep. Second year head coach. So, like, I have have your you've had these guys the, the the staff now roll over for the second year as well. You've had the same guys. You yeah, guys same rock, exactly. rocking yeah, all, you're rocking dudes. all this stuff year two. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing so year two these guys are getting it that's that's amazing so are you guys um so i got i guess got um got some good buddies at scotland prep sports uh campus sports up in here uh pennsylvania and they're they rock yeah. a track and they've got they just got track and they i just went up there to see how that works so are you are, how are you guys able to to develop on i guess dish out the development plans are you guys is it like google drive or are you like how are you guys making it accessible to your to your to your team yeah, so so we have a template that um, we'll build out throughout the throughout the fall that'll have like so for our hitters for example it'll have like their their movement screening on it where they're good where they're bad what they need to do to fix it it'll have like all of their Rapsodo metrics that we think are um, like useful so exit velocity relative to the team like average launch angle um, average amount of spin on a batted ball. Uh, their spray chart so it'll have all of that stuff on it and yeah they'll have access to it um, through google drive but then when i sit down at the end of the fall as well like for our one-on-one meetings i'll have it printed out too so we can so that along with like their academics how many credits they're taking like all of that stuff will lay out in front of them and kind of go over all right here's what your fall looked like you know here's where we're going where you know kind of what are your goals and we'll talk through some some things in depth with them in their one-on-one at the end of the fall and then so each day, like, so you like, if you had to add something, develop, like you just dump it in the Google drive, that's where they check it. Yeah. Yeah. It can. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So like, um, will you guys get into like, I guess, well, I guess in the spring, you didn't have it. Your, for your first year, you went through COVID, your COVID season. <laughs> um, man, that's real. Yeah. How many, did you get any games in the summer? <laughs> did you get any game, like what, like 10 games your first yeah, year? Yeah. We were uh, actually we got almost half our schedule, so I think we were eleven and eight um, right before uh, everything shut down. So I mean, I just got off the of spring break, played first conference games on the road. We're supposed to have our first conference home opener, and uh, 
things got banged right before then. We were actually on a bus back from a midweek win, and uh, the news was dropping about JMU canceling everything, and we thought we were good. And uh, within 24 hours, we were the same way. So, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so, I was just thinking during that, like, I mean, so I guess you had some, because are you then are you, are you switching to the spring? Because you know you said like fall and winter you're kind of stick keeping with these development plans and really the metrics. Are you yeah. are you trying to are you thinking of taking those things through the spring, or are you focused focused on a different kind of hitting plan like with reps and maybe like heat maps uh, and more like approach things with everything? Are, are you are you switching that during the spring? Yeah, that's our that's our intention for sure. So I think like you know some guys will be in that that compete now mode. Um, so we have a, uh, and two, we've got a bigger roster. Um, so you talk to Kevin Anderson at Shenandoah. Yeah. We're in very similar boat. So we'll carry 40, we're, we're at 49, 48 right now. Um, so obviously like some of these guys, they've got to be ready. So they've got to know, all right, Hey, in the two Oh count, this is what pitch I'm hitting. This is, this is what my OPS is in, at, at, at this particular spot. Let's talk approach. Let's talk our team offensive concepts. Let's talk scouting reports, things like that, that we can use with the, from the IDPs. But then, you know, with some of these other guys, they might be playing in some developmental games against Frederick Community College or somebody like that. So then they can still stay in that, that developmental mode. So, you know, for us, like a, a freshman that just came in, we've got big plans for him two years from now. Well, he's still going to get, you know, he might get 100 at-bats before he steps foot on the field for us in uh in a game against Bridgewater because he's had those developmental games and he's had all of that that developmental time so we can we don't ever break them up like they're still all one team um it's not like a varsity JV but we can definitely kind of prioritize with where guys are at so a pitcher that's a freshman that's 150 pounds that's you know 79 to 82 um isn't pitching for us right now but we just we, we go heavy on the lifting a piece or, or whatever it might be. Uh, he's 82 to 84 as a sophomore junior. Like we can, we can kind of uh, change it up a little bit or, or focus a little bit more on um, some micro things with those guys because of that. And that's good because then also that shows like during practice and things like that, you'd be able to help them out with like the individual skills, you know, kind of give them kind of what they need at that time, you know? And then, so I think that's just, that's good coaching, man, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. awesome, 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 awesome stuff. So yeah, so your so your typical guys in game will be focused on more on their approach and what they're doing. That's fantastic. Awesome stuff. So um, oh man, so when you all right, let's so let's get into some of those practice things. Like you know, you talk about a lot of three things that you're looking for in practices. One uh, to compete. What are the other two? Yeah. Uh, so we want to be mindful, um, and we want to have fun. You know, I think uh, to me. The biggest thing I ever learned from being a student athlete at EMU was how to compete. And I think it goes to everything you're ever going to do in life is you're going to have to compete. And so we find some way to build competition every day, even if it's just like how you go through the stretch line or or whatever it might be or how you clean up the dugout. So we're going to compete every day. Um, We're going to be mindful. We're going to practice some kind of mindfulness. I'm a big believer in like these guys have so much other stuff going on outside of the baseball field that if we can give them just even five minutes of downtime to kind of clear their mind and do nothing, um, I think it's only going to benefit them. Um, and, and I think we're in the business of building healthy minds as well. But then uh, I think we got to have fun. Like if it's a drag for guys to come down to the baseball field, um, we're in trouble. And so we've, we've switched up what our practices look like um, from a time standpoint to like how it feels, how it sounds, um, we switched it up just to make it more approachable and more fun for our guys so that they, they don't want to leave. They, they want to stay down there. They want to hang out. And that's, you know, a really engaging environment for them when they're down there. So how are you doing, how are you doing that? So what, what was something that you really changed when you're thinking, trying to feel, just create more of a feel of practice? Yeah. Yeah. So we try to take, I think I, I remember Augie talking about this Garrido in, in the, the documentary, he said he took a lot of rhythm and tempo from football practices. And so like we, I think our, our practices are really fast paced. They're like our team practices are maybe an hour and a half to an hour 50 max, but they're one thing to the next. We do all of our teaching and all of our talking before we step foot on the field. So then when we go, we can just go from drill to drill to drill 
and knock it out and just go reps and pace and rhythm to it. Um, we blast music the whole time, uh, which is twofold. Like one, guys like being out there listening to music, but two, now we're creating better communicators. Um, they've got to work through whatever, you know, whatever sounds are going on to be able to communicate cuts, um, double plays, you know, all that stuff. And, and then, um, you know, I, I think uh, those two shortening the time of practice, um, you know, I, I, we encourage guys, it, it's, it's a playground for them. So we encourage failure. Uh, we encourage them to experiment, um, fly around, try to make plays that they wouldn't normally make, you know, try and hit pitches they normally wouldn't make. Like we want to see them, uh, we want to see them stretch their limits a little bit. And then, uh, you know, we'll throw, we'll mix in some crazy stuff. Guys will see us playing flag football in the outfield for conditioning or we'll, you know, just I, I will, whatever gets us excited that day. Like I said, we've got a young coaching staff, so our attention span kind of goes. I know that if I'm getting bored, our players are already bored. So we'll just, I mean, we might get a feel that like, hey, practice is kind of dragging right here. Like, let's throw something in, man. Let's just play a hole of fungo golf and see who can be the best at it or something like that. Just to, just to keep guys engaged and keep them on their toes so they don't know what's coming next. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, that's definitely something. Well, that's just a good experience. I think the kids are going to remember how you made them feel, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Huh? Everyone makes you how they feel, you know, so that's for sure. <laughs> um, so when you think of the mindful stuff, when you're doing things in mindfully, so what's something that you try to, to teach the guys? Like, so what are those things that you're trying to teach to help them be more mindful? Yeah, I'm, I mean – and Sheets has made this really popular here recently, but I'm, I think the guided meditation is something that we're, uh, we've seen a lot of success with. So like last year, every spring practice, guys would come out and it was built into the practice plan that we were going to hop on um, an app that I think it was called San Vela. So every guy had it and they knew to bring their headphones down with them. Um, and then one guy was going to get to pick like which mindful, which meditation we we're going to do that day. So maybe it was like a, um, dealing with stress one, maybe it was like, um, you know, it could have been anything. They could have picked whatever they wanted. They had access to it. So that's, I mean, I think that's the biggest one that we, we work on breathing with our guys. So helping them understand, you know, proper ways to, to breathe, um, how to do that within the constraints of a, of a game, you know, when the, when the pressure goes up, but the, um, the, the mindfulness and meditation, I think really played big because it's, when you think about the spirituality of the school, we're at a Christian university. Uh, that's just another way for them to kind of tap in and explore their faith a little bit. Um, and maybe it's something they take into their everyday life outside of baseball that can really benefit them. Um, it's something that I've seen benefit me in my own life outside of baseball. So it's something that, you know, we try to encourage them to, to explore a little bit. You're saying in terms of the meditation, just getting quiet is what, is what you yeah. say? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I think like we have so much noise going on right now. Like we've got, I, I, you know, my wife will yell at me tonight because I'll be on Twitter or I'm on, I'll be on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. Like we've got so like so many things vying for our attention. These guys especially got so many things that are vying for their attention that like I know that, you know, 99% of our guys aren't building space for them to just take a breath and, and clear their mind of all the, all the other clutter. And so like if we can take, you know, five minutes out of our practice plan where they get that opportunity, uh, maybe it turns into 10 minutes on their own or 20 minutes on their own. And they're able to kind of manage, you know, a lot, a lot of things in their life a, a lot better. I, I think you get this, the, the negative stigma with 18 to 22 year old young men of like, you know, um, whether it's dealing with anxiety, whether it's dealing with depression, stress, like they don't know healthy coping mechanisms. And so maybe this is something they can use um, outside of the baseball realm, outside of the performance enhancement that it can provide. So you were, you were mentioning about uh, the coping strategies, man. Like uh, I think that was a really, I think it's really impactful for sure. Um, just give it again, another, another thing that we're trying to give guys part of their toolbox to when they get out of the game or just even in their own life, something that they can use. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's I, I, like, I look back in when I was successful as a pitcher, as a hitter, like I had really bought into the Ken Revisa um, visualization, you know, positive self-talk, breathing, red light, yellow light, green light. And so those are all things we, we use. But then as I got into the real world, like I started seeing all these different applications that it had for my life, you know, taking a deep breath or slowing things down or, 
you know, getting into that green light mode before I went into a meeting with somebody. And so, you know, I, I think those are things that stick with them um, that they can use. And so, you know, like I said, guided meditation can be something that, that maybe really helps them when, when crap hits the fan, like it inevitably does in real life. You know, what are they going to have to fall back on? Maybe here's a mechanism that we can help them with that, that they can use to kind of sort through everything. So, um, yeah, it's been cool to see guys embrace it and, and really take it on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I guess we can, we can also then look forward to seeing your pictures of that on Twitter as well. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gosh, it seems like that's, that's all you want to hear. Yeah, I see a ton. You see a ton of it now, man. ton of it, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, I don't it's good, man. I, I really like getting ideas from, from other people. We've taken a lot. I don't post as much at, of what, of what we do. I, my assistant coaches do, which they do a really good job of promoting the program. Um, but I, I like to be an observer a lot more right now. Yeah. It's like my brother, my brother said, I'm just so in the moment when I'm doing those things and trying to help kids. Like, I don't think about taking my phone sure. out and doing this. I just, I just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't come you know? up. It just, uh, yeah, it's just not for me. It's just not, it's not natural. It's not as authentic, you know, but like if I'm purposeful about it, like, I think she's just doing a great job. And I think other people do, I think when they're like, okay, every Monday we're going to do this, you know, or like, this is like, if that's just kind of the focus around it, like we're going to showcase the great things that we do. Like yeah. that, that's, that's great. You know, I, I think yeah. I could get, I think that is how I could have gotten better at sharing the things that, the things that I do, you know, um, if I just say, okay, I'm just going to do this one day a week. And then other than that, I'm just going to be sure. A crazy, you know, it's just in there and it's just, it's just, I feel like that. I just felt like I was that, like, uh, that mechanic, you know, and they're just under the hood and you're just, you're just trying to get what you can and, you know, and just going to work. Man. So I'm sure that's, yeah. that's what you and your staff are, man. But, uh, um, yeah, dude, that's great stuff, man. That's good stuff. So, like, when you talk about, uh, so like, you know, again, you're hitting another, hitting another thing of mine as you talk about the red light, green lights. Uh, I talked about this with like Hannah Houston and the Captain Row, like when you mentioned earlier about the the girls, um, yeah. Brian King, because I'm a big Brian King guy, and sure. um, which I got a chance to meet Ken Revizzo at the <laughs> ABCA, yeah. at the ABCA one year. We did we had a um, just the Brian King, like a Brian King, like we had like inner circle of guys, and and uh, and this one time we all met together and he had a surprise for us and we got to just meet Ken Revis at the, at the Anaheim and it was just phenomenal. That's where I got to meet Wes Brooks. I had Wes Brooks on and Wes Brooks is a dude. Yeah. And, um, you know, so like it's, that, that was, that was amazing. That was right when the year that Cubbies won it. So, I mean, it was, yeah. yeah, he had conversations. He, like, he made a great comment. It was like, uh, we can have a conversation with your phones on. Or we can have a real conversation with your phone off. <laughs> <laughs> That's- Great way to put it. Yeah, so quickly all the phones went away, and we had a. It was just. It was a night. It was a, it was a night you just didn't sleep much. You didn't just didn't sleep. Yeah, much that <laughs> that's awesome. So man, like, let's get it. So like, you talked about the classroom, and so so do you have a classroom right then in the dugout, or do you have like a classroom like in your locker room, and then you come out to kind of teach your red light and green lights and things like that? Yeah, we'll do both. Um, we've got a classroom right next to our locker room, so we've got uh, right in our um, athletic kind of building. We've got, uh, you know, a classroom there that will seat all of our guys that we can work through, um, any video from practice that we take, we want to talk cuts and relays. Um, so like, let's say we're teaching our, our double cuts, we can take them through film on that, explain that to them. Maybe we want to talk the sports site stuff. So yeah, we'll talk, um, you know, positive self-talk or, or visualization. We can take them through that there, but we can also, you know, do it right there in, in the dugout as well. If we, if we really need to, um, I tend to lean more towards the being in the actual classroom. You know, I think, uh, I'm trying to think of what coach said it, but you know, a place for guys to change a place for guys to learn and a place for them to practice. Um, so we try and separate all three out. Um, and then we'll walk down to practice after that and, and get rolling. Um, but yeah, that like heads up baseball, I, I will tell you, if you look back at the career I had, the first two years were very, very average and uh, was ready to give up baseball and read heads up baseball the summer going into my junior year. And uh, I didn't change much as a player. My fastball didn't get any better. I didn't get stronger as a hitter, but this got a whole lot better and uh, it changed, it changed the way I play. So it's something that, I mean, even if it's just pulling a guy aside at the, at the cage or at the, at the turtle during BP and talking him through, 
like, Hey man, what's your self-talk or how are, you know, we've, we've had a pitcher that's 85 to 87 for three years. that struggled to throw strikes because the first time he gets behind, he starts, um, he starts just killing himself. And it's like, you know, how can we get past this, this self-talk, man? How can we start to work through this mentally? Because everything's there talent wise. Um, but between your ears is getting in the way. So it's, yeah, it's huge for these guys. What have you seen in your experience at EMU um, that you need to teach the most, especially with like guys that come in, like, what are they lacking the most? Is that self-talk because are they, because do you feel like, I mean, when you, every time you go up a level, you never, you've experienced much more failure. So do you yeah. feel it is the self-talk? Do you feel like that? Or like, what do you feel is the number one thing that you typically are, are trying to help guys get through mentally? Yeah, to me, to me, I, I go back to the breath. Cause like, I think, and I'm seeing it now, we've got 15 freshmen that are probably the most talented class we've ever brought in. But when you stack one of our freshmen up with one of our senior at shortstop and we play two pitch scrimmage, the game is so, so, so much faster for that freshman. And so like, then their, their tendencies to speed up even more, or they're taking BP, they're taking around and they just hack to hack to hack to try and break their way out of it. And so like, I'm more inclined to pull that guy off to the side and say, Hey man, let's take a deep breath. Like, let's get back into green light mode and then let's roll, let's roll back into it. So like, I, I think, um, you know, I've seen maybe a handful of guys where their self-talk is just is brutal, but we can work through most of the self-talk with guys. I think it's more so, having guys start to understand when that yellow light kicks in and how to get back into green light mode is probably the, it's probably the one we deal with the most. Cause uh, I mean, I think confident guys are just, they play the game so well. And you can see that, especially, like I said, with our senior, like that kid's made a ton of plays at shortstop. He knows what the game takes. He knows how to play it. And so he's confident, confident, but still when he gets himself in trouble, you can see him tick down to the end of that yellow light mode. And then the next ground ball comes and he's a little unsure and, and sure enough, he boots it in the outfield or throws it away. So, all right, how do we get you back into that confident mode? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 I love it. I love it. Um, so, uh, is there anything like um, have you worked on, like, especially like maybe pitching wise, when you're starting to see that as well? Like, do you, do you help them work on their routines? Uh, is that something that you that you make that part of the bullpens, or is that just something you kind of do case by case, or how are you uh, incorporating those kind of things? That that would also help them with their red light, green lights. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about what's your you know what's your release. Um, so yeah, when you are in that red light mode, you know you swung in a bad pitch. What's what's our release? What's the one thing that's at every field that we can work on that we can say like, all right, here's here's where I'm gonna go. You know, what's your, yeah, but what is your routine? You know, I, and I explained to him, like, as a hitter, I had this very, very specific, you know, it's almost like what Bryce Harper did a couple of years ago where he had to go through 15 things. Um, so, you know, we talked to him about what's this, what's this routine going to look like and then what's your release in that moment so you can get back on, back on track. You know, is it looking at the flagpole? Is it looking at the foul pole? Taking a deep breath? Is it finding the spot on your bat? You know, kind of going through that release. Um and then, yeah, as a pitcher, how do you step off, you know, how do you step off the rubber um, and, and take some time to get back into that green light mode? Um, you know, do you go to the rosin bag? Do you, do you go to the, the cleat cleaner? And then when you get back on the on the mound, you know, hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. So, yeah, we'll talk through kind of and, – and then, like, we'll go so far as, like, our pitching coach will have them start to script out what that routine is. So they'll have to come, like, maybe a homework assignment is for them to come – and they don't get to practice that day unless they've got it written down on a piece of paper. And it's not like we're trying to change it. He just says, I want you, it, it's your routine. So, but you got to tell me what it, what it's going to look like. So what's your pregame routine? If you're a starting pitcher, what's your plyo routine? What is, you know, how are you, how are you using the training room pregame? You know, are you just coming out showing and going and trying to let it rip? Or are you going through, you know, 45 minutes of, of arm care? So you know, it's really, again, it goes back to, they got to take ownership of it and we can give them some guidance, but yeah, we want them to kind of script it out. We want it, we want them to be able to say, this is mine. This is what I can do to be ready. And, you know, each and every pitch to be locked in. Awesome. Awesome stuff. You know, and that's, that's exactly, um, this is a great thing. And I'm sure like, do you get the looks of like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. To some, there is to some degree. Cause I think, like you said, most guys have had 
like they've had success to get to our point. Like we're, we're, sure. we're not recruiting bad players. And so sure. when you tell them like, Hey man, there's going to come a point where you're getting your teeth absolutely kicked in and you've got to find a way to get back on track. Um, I think some guys got to learn the hard way. You know, I think some of our pitchers got to give up seven lasers in a row and we just let them hang in an inner squad before they, you know, baseball humbles them a little bit and they get smoked and they're like, all right, Hey, what's that routine we were talking about again? How do I get back into, into green light mode? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's some skepticism. Um, but I think, I think too, we've done a, I mean, we've, we've got some, some really good guys that I think have bought into to what we're doing and really trust the coaching staff too. And I, I think they've, um, you know, almost to a man, they're, they're pretty good about understanding what we're trying to accomplish and saying, all right, you know, if you, they, I think, or at least I hope they, they trust that we've got their best, um, best intentions at heart. And so, um, they've, they're pretty bought in as a group, which is exciting to work with them. That's good. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. So like, um, like I was just thinking, um, I was just thinking what, like, as you, as you've gone through this step and you know, you're, and you've been at EMU the whole time, you as a player, you're assistant coach, head coach, like what, what do you, what do you want for you? What do you want for EMU, man? What do you, what do you, you're so invested there, you know, it's like, what are you sure you have a vision for where you see the program and, and, and your, yeah. Yeah. One of the things I took from, uh, from Andrew Wright, who's at Charleston, University of Charleston in West Virginia for a while. And now you know Andrew? Yankees. You know Coach? Yeah. I, lo- I love, I love A-Dub, man. He's, yeah, man. I'd say he's my, he's one of my, ne- like, I mean, I haven't reached out to him yet, but like, I mean, I've, I've again, a couple guys recruited and this, I have a, a, a yeah. just a buddy who's a buddy. Like I just, I have, and we've, so we've talked <laughs> a number of times, talked staff stuff when he does ABCA stuff was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, man, yeah, man. Sorry, like, yeah, he's dude. Oh, you're good, dude. Yeah, yeah. A Dub, A Dub was big on competing for championships, graduating at a high level, and contributing to the community. And so, like, if you think about, it, well, at least for us in the context of EMU, maybe ten years ago, EMU competing for championships when I was a freshman, like, was completely unheard of. And, and so, you know, that's something obviously we're really invested in. We're trying to get the program to that point. It's, it's never happened in uh, program history. And so I think like just to be able to say like doing, you're doing something that people didn't really think was, was possible. Um, you're at a, a Mennonite school, you're at a Christian school and you're making them competitive. You're competing in one of the best division three conferences in the country. ODAC is tough. Yeah. So that's, I, I mean, I think that's something we're, we're passionate about, but I, I think, like we, you know, we really try and hit on um, the classroom piece, but, but especially the community piece. Like, like if we can send our guys out and feel really comfortable about them being leaders in in whatever their chosen community is. um, I look back at my experience four years of of EMU baseball and uh, just think of like how well equipped I was to do whatever it was I wanted to do. Um, And so that's, like if we're pat if I'm passionate about something, it's making sure these guys can move on and say like, all right, EMU baseball prepared me for whatever like whatever it was that I set out to do at EMU. Like I'm I'm ready to go do it. Like I'm ready not just to be like mediocre or average at you know I'm not just I don't want to be a mediocre electrical engineer. I don't want to be an average businessman. Like these guys want to be top elite dudes, and so that's you know, we try and give them the resources to be able to do that. Like not just the resources we're giving them on the field, but we try and put the right people in front of them along the way that can speak that into their life too. Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely, man. Phenomenal. Compete for championships, graduate, give it back to your community. Three big pillars of the, of Eastern Mennonite. That's right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great, man. That's good, man. You got to breathe life into that. You know I mean? I think you do. I think you got to breathe life. And that's, like you said, people would never even thought about that, you know, and I can definitely relate to that, you know, where I was at Smithsburg, you know, we won the first state championship in you know history and I'm like in the, in the, in the ever, you know, and, and it was something that was never talked about. There was nothing like that, you know, and it was like, you got to breathe life into it, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. To me, to me, the hardest thing I think to get guys to understand when they get here is just the like and, and this is cliche because it's this huge buzzwords but understanding the process of what it takes like 
dude, we can talk about championships all day. Or we can talk about you having a 4-0 all day. Um, or we can talk about you owning your own business one day. But, like, there is a uh, everyday discipline that it takes that you have to put into your life to, to get to that point. Like, if you want to win a championship, this is the process that it takes. If you want to have a 4-0, this is the process it takes. And so, like, we get guys wide-eyed freshmen, and they're like, yeah, coach, man, we're going to win this ODAC championship. Well, then, you know, two months into it, you know that the processes and the discipline aren't matching up. And so that's such a cool opportunity to start to speak that into their life too, is like, hey, man, you say you want to do this, but your actions aren't matching up with that. So how do we get on, how do we get back in alignment as an organization and get you back on track? And I think that's, to me, that's been the, like as a head coach switching roles, that's been one of the coolest experiences, like, so, like I said, I've got my assistant coaches. They do a phenomenal job on field working with our guys. And then that kind of frees me up. And this is another kind of A-dub principle. That frees me up to think kind of at a, at a much bigger level of saying, all right, as an organization with our culture, with how we're taking care of our players and how we're keeping everybody on the same page, what does that look like? And so, yeah, that's, to me, just getting guys to buy into that day-to-day -day grind is – is huge and it's I mean it makes a big difference in our life going on too mm -hmm. into the process goodness steps so like when you have guys setting goals do you have them set goals individually like are they setting goal like within that IDP um are you setting goals individually uh that stem from winning championships are they also like saying these things should all get us to this point. Is that how your goal setting process works or how are you doing that? So, so we'll go more, more along the lines of the first one. Um, so typically in a, in a four week fall season, we'll do um, classroom sessions. The first week's going to be on um, goal building and habit assessment. So within that, each guy's responsible for coming up with goals, um, whether it's, career goals, whether it's baseball goals, family and relationship goals, financial goals one day, um, spiritual goals. There's there's maybe five or six different areas that they've got to come up with like, hey, let's just pick three or four goals in each one of those. But then, you know, you go broad to, to narrow. Okay, from each one of those, pick one that really resonates with you. And then from there, all right, let's pick three or four to focus on. So it can be baseball, but it could just be Maybe you want to have a better relationship with your dad, or maybe you want to uh, spend more time um, going to church, you know? So, uh, and then along with that, we'll do the habit assessment. So they tell us what their goals are, what they want to accomplish. And uh, then we'll have them start to fill out what are their habits on a daily basis. And so when you lay it out on paper, guys really have, you know, nowhere to hide if, if their habits aren't matching up with where they're trying to get to um, it becomes really clear to them really quickly. And so then, we can help them kind of build out our what's, you know, what do my habits need to look like? Like if I'm trying to be, I'm trying to lose 20 pounds, but I got, you know, I'm eating Dairy Queen seven times a day. Like we've got a serious disconnect there. So how do we start to change that? So that's, I mean, that's, it's a lot more of a kind of holistic, you know, certainly we have, have, you know, ideas of what we want to accomplish baseball wise, but um, we approach it way more on kind of the human level and then the baseball piece. If they have, they want to be an all conference player. Great. Now let's look at your habits and see if that matches up with what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think then you can break down even the individual plan too and say, well, here's what individual conference, like look at this bat speed, look at this angle, look at these average X velocity. You can kind of see those match. You can even see like when you break down your game data too, like, Here's kind of the, yeah. you know, like that would also be something like, like I know looking back, like we're just looking through, like, are you almost like archiving certain things that you can say like, here's what, here's what an arch here's what that our, our all conference player was. I know you're kind of building it now, but it's like keeping those a little bit of back and saying, is saying like, here's what this guy did, you know, and kind of that way it's almost like a benchmark. Yeah. So, sorry, I lost you there for a second. Um, yeah. So, so we can look at, you know, maybe um, the average of the top 10 guys in the conference um, and say, all right, here's what, you know, here's what they're doing. Um, or, you know, maybe we'll average out the top, top 10 ERAs in the conference. 
maybe if our pitching staff wants to be this good in strikeouts, like we can, we can look at those or we can look at previous players we've had. So like with one of the, the camp database or the camp website, we use riser, they give you access to um, this team mindset. So they give you the tap profiles. And so we're able to go back in and look at guys individually. They take a, like a mental profile assessment and we can start to compare them to other guys we've had in our program. So we'll do that, you know, wow. from a mindset standpoint, but also from a statistic slash bat speed, like you were talking about attack angle, yeah. um, exit velocity of like, Hey, we've had, this guy was all region. This guy was all conference. This guy was, you know, all conference. Um, here's where they were at exit velo definitely doesn't guarantee anything, but we're right, on the right, right track in terms of being able to output that, that information. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's always a, just a baseline, especially when you're even looking for a recruit, you're just looking for it's just at least it's a starting point to say you got to kind of sure. be in this area. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. But holy moly, like we're almost an, an hour in here, man. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how fast it always goes, buddy. <laughs> but like, I mean, I guess like one of the things that as I was thinking and just looking at your situation, you know, in Eastern Men, like you said, it is very, very, um, you know, like I, people, some people will say it's a challenge, but I'm known for you, for you, just, and you just speak with you. I know you see it as an opportunity and is the values and, and the strict, I'm going to say strict, but like, uh, you know, being a Christian private school, like what kind of opportunities, challenges ha, is that, is it facing as you're trying to find guys to fit within that mold, you know, and still be a good fit for EMU? Yeah. So we've had to, um, we've had to try and position ourselves brand wise. Like I think that was, even when I was an assistant, you know, talking to to the guy that was my old boss, coach spots, who's now at Bridgewater. Like it was really important to me and to us um, to get our name out there. Like it, because when I first got the job, like you call from Eastern Mennonite university and especially in our state, like even in our state, people didn't have no, they had no idea what that was. Um, And so now we've gotten to a point where, I think people are recognizing us a little bit more. Um, and then if we can get them on campus, we feel really comfortable about kind of working through whatever stigma they might've had. Like when you think of the Mennonite thing, there's always the question of like, you know, what is that? We're less than 30% Mennonite on campus. Um, it's a liberal arts school. That's going to be really good in education, business, engineering, um, nursing is really strong. Um, but it's, it's positioned in Harrisonburg, which is awesome, right next to JMU. Um, we've got the best of both worlds with a small campus, 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio, but then you've got JMU right next door with 20,000 college kids. So, you know, there's a lot for us to sell, um, but I would tell you we're also, yeah, we're trying to find guys that fit what we're doing. And, and so to me, like we've had the most success with guys that are all in on being part of the community. Like the biggest thing with, with EMU in a Christian school is you've got a community that takes care of itself and are, are invested in each other. So your, your professors, the president, the administ- administrators, like they really get to know kids on a, on um, a personal level, but as a person here on campus, as a student athlete, uh, you've got to give back to the community and be invested in it as well. If you're not, you know, you're not really taking advantage of, of uh, you know, the experience. And so like, we get a kid on a visit, like if they're just looking for baseball, you know, it's probably not going to be the, the best spot for them. Like for us, it's the athletic piece, it's academically, it's socially and it's spiritually. So they've got to be, they've got to kind of want to be developed in all four of those, those phases of their life, because that's what we're after. Like, yeah, baseball is going to be a huge piece of your life. Um, but if you're not committed to, to growing socially, if you're not really committed to growing spiritually and at least exploring your faith, like it, you're, you're probably not going to be super, super happy with your experience. You can still get something good out of it, but to get the most out of it, we, we got to find kids that really want that, that experience. And so we found some really good baseball players that like, you know, maybe they aren't the most spiritual, but they love a major here. They love the school. They love the area and come in and still have a great experience. Um, and, and then leave here, you know, super well equipped to, to move on. But, um, at some point along the way, they got really tied into the community and campus life. And I think that's, that's been our biggest indicator of what's going to be a successful Royal uh, from a baseball standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. So coach, I, you 
there's a there's a ton that maybe people might want to learn more about like what's the best way to contact you if people want to learn more about at what at yourself adam posey as well as eastern mennonite yeah easiest i mean easiest ways to shoot me an email just okay. adam.posey at emu.edu um adam.posey right? yeah adam.posey um at eastern at, e, at emu just emu.edu yep yep and, and then we're pretty active on Twitter. So, I mean, I think like, I, I always try to, I mean, if a coach. What is your Twitter handle? Is it just, is it just coach Posey? Is that what it, what's, what's your. Just Adam, Posey? just Adam Posey. Oh, Adam Posey. Yeah. Yep. Just Adam Posey. So pretty, pretty easy to get on there. Yeah, man. Cause I'm sure people will want to hear more about it. I know that you guys do like the good team camp and things like that. You know, your camp stuff that you're doing. So I think that's, and then it's a pretty valuable experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That one's been a good one. Uh, that's, that's like when JMU's done it and when we've done it been by far my favorite because we get to interact with the kids. We get to interact with the coaches. Like it's, I mean, it's awesome. That one's a lot of fun for us. Well, cool. That's awesome, man. Well, coach, I, I can't thank you enough, man. I want to take you any more of your time and I appreciate you, you know, hopping on here, man. It was a lot of fun, man. This is, sure. this is good. This is really, really good yeah. stuff, man. I, I appreciate you're, you're it. You're too, man. Go. You guys are rocking it, man. You're too. Like <laughs> it's awesome. I, I'm surrounded by really good people, man. I can't, I, I really can't say it enough. That was something like you talked about with a dub that I tried to be really, really intentional when we hired. Um, and when we brought guys in is we try to go outside of the program. Like I wanted some fresh eyes on the program uh, and then relied on some people. I really trust their opinions on some guys, the two guys that we hired and they've been, um, they've been really good. So that's, they've taken it and, and really run with it. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you know as well as anybody you can't do it without some really good help. So it's it's oh, been fun to work with. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you found them, man, because they are, man. It's just, yeah, there's it's and that's honestly been a telltale sign of some good coaching too. Like they're you just surrounded by a, you're surrounded by you're surrounded yep. by good people. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, hey man, I appreciate I think best of, best of luck with everything, man. I just appreciate it. Keep rock and rolling, man. <laughs> absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Adam Posey just killed it for a second year coach doing a ton of things that are just that I that not many people are doing just pure and simple and doing some great things for their players at Eastern Mennonite University from taking them all their baseline data to with all with all their developmental things that they're trying to do to build their athletes intentionally with having a plan for them that the plans can they can actually physically see that it's not just something scripted for everyone but that's because that's a lot of work it's a lot of work that's not easy to do it can be very intimidating to a lot of people but it's the it's it's the best thing to do for your kids. Your kids are going to get most value of it. Uh, they're going to do things that are specifically to them. Um, so they're putting in the extra time. They're putting those things. Um, you can see that um, just here. Um, so some really great things from the the three things they're trying to do in practice. So they're being intentional about those things. They're being intentional about the uh, individual development plans, the baseline data to. Uh, the differences between a person who might not be getting a lot of playing time to a person who's getting a lot of playing time and how their goals are different, uh, the development they're trying to get and how they're still trying to reach those um, developmental skills of what another person might be goal-oriented around their, their approach, uh, their heat maps and what they're doing in certain counts, um, just to be more more game-like data. And so being, more, uh, being very intentional about those things, which, which, are, which are really, really great. Um, so the pieces are in place and, uh, with being, uh, um, you know, just a program that's, well, actually I'd say the coaching staff, uh, they're just, they're, they're putting in time now to get it done. So, um, you know, if you get, if you want to reach out to him and check those guys out there, uh, young up and coming staff that are doing some great things, uh, at Eastern Mennonite University right there in Harrisburg, Harrisburg, Virginia, um, reach out to Adam, uh, coach Posey. Adam.posey, P-O-S-E-Y, at E-M-U dot E-D-U. Uh, good follow on Twitter, at Adam Posey. 
uh, with Eastern Midnight. Like I said, they they also do some uh, some good camps. Uh, they do a whole camp like experience um, for teams as well as just uh, individuals that want to go there. But uh, just some good camps that they run here in the local area. But uh, really enjoyed our conversation with them. Wish them the best of luck. And um, you know, if you uh, if you found some value in it, continue to share the episode. Leave me some feedback. Check us out on iTunes, Podbean, and um, you know we're gonna keep keep talking, keep getting better, and uh, that's what it's all about. So I just wanted to again thank you, Coach Posey, for the time, consideration. We'll see you next week, and keep getting better. <laughs>